Hello everyone and Happy New Year. Today our conversation was with artist Burong. Burong is a live art practitioner researcher whose work deals with the politics of intimacy, gut feelings and post-human ethics. She has exhibited and performed in the UK and internationally. She has published books, articles, and recently finished a three-year interview project with performance artists and curators based in Europe. Today we entered Tier 5 from Tier 4 in the UK. We met Burong via midday Zoom video call. It has been a great pleasure to laugh over all absurdities we have been witnessing in our own realities. Her online performance, Non-Taste, was part of the ongoing online exhibition WIP, work in progress, work in process, available until the 15th of January. Very easy to access if you type qap.digital, you can enter and enjoy the exhibition that includes Barong's performance and many other works. WIP, work in progress, work in process, is produced and curated by Queer Art Projects, Tuna Erdem, Seda Argül, with guest curators Mihaila Brebenel, Giulia Casalini, Sarah Hayden and myself. Each curator selected few artists for this exhibition and thanks to Giulia Casalini, we had the opportunity to watch Burong's live online performance during Christmas for seven days. Non-Taster is a performance piece that attempts to explore the elusive connections between the change of taste and the migrant experience, questioning how constantly moving to new places affects the sense of taste. For more information about the VIP exhibition and all other references we mentioned during our conversation, can be found in this episode's description. Hope you enjoy and thank you again to Barong and all other incredible team members of the WIP exhibition. Uh, I have been watching your performance uh, since since Christmas actually, mm-hmm. thanks to the WIP exhibition. And I think um, because of your uh, practice and because of uh, because of your works, I, we can just talk about like um, other topics. But I today I really just wanted to focus on the new taste taster performance because i think it can unfold many of the other topics and maybe subjects that we can dig in <laughs> yes and thank you very much <laughs> for, because, for inviting me yes oh, well, yeah <laughs> my pleasure definitely because you said it's your first online performance uh, it is yeah i'm very i'm very against the idea of online for for quite a long time i'm i'm pretty much ruined by the like liveness this idea <laughs> that i i did my master at new york university where, where everybody uh, was at least by then like enthusiastic about being live and liveness and all this packy feelings ideas so so for quite a long time I, I don't have any documentations for my work at all or it just blurred images <laughs> that look like there's something wrong with the camera and uh, I have never done things yeah, online at all. And during the pandemic, I started a podcast with another three friends, but uh, we agreed to do it just like an audio version. So <laughs> to make it as low key as possible and to, to, to be hidden a little bit as well, just not to be too public front and don't have, so I have social medias, but I don't use them often. So occasionally there are friends who tag me like every three months. But <laughs> other than that, there, there's nothing about me online. And uh, I checked my Instagram account. And last picture I was put on January the 2nd, 2020. So <laughs> like yeah, 367 <laughs> days ago. And uh, yeah, that's basically me as a, as a big context of what I do and what I like. <laughs> but how, was, how did you decide to do the online performance for the exhibition then? Was it just like a previous project that in, uh, turned into an online performance? 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Thanks for asking that. So actually, it started uh, uh, from the early 2020, so before the pandemic started, and uh, I, I got flu, and uh, <laughs> I, I didn't taste like food for a while, and uh, yeah. So I started in yeah at the beginning of 2020, and I wrote the non-taster uh, for the Open Call for Spill Festival. And uh, uh, initially, it was it was a live one-to-one -one performance, and uh, I wanted to prepare uh, certain amounts of elements, and people can write messages on my tongue. So, mm. so, so that oh, was the initial idea. From, actually, yes. Mm, so that that's when there was a lot of candies on my mm. on my tongue, but there's also spice stuff and uh, things with very strong taste, and I want people to to use these elements and pull the messages. Uh, they want to forget or they want to give away and uh, I, I couldn't see the message but I can swallow it so that's a, that's the initial idea just swallowing my own feelings as well as other people's feelings as I felt like swallowing down the emotion without explaining too much is uh, mm -hmm. it's a part of a daily life for immigrants isn't it like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't just always fight and fight and fight and sometimes you have to retrieve a little bit so mm -hmm. that's the initial idea and about four months later I got email from Spiel saying, you are shortlisted again, but we, we choose not to have your piece for the second time. So that's my second time being shortlisted. And this time the reason is for curatorial preference. Mm. So I guess they will have the Spiel Festival next year, but probably they won't let strangers to put their fingers in your mouth, you know, and <laughs> putting messages and asking to swallowing. I guess this whole idea became quite crazy and uh, not easy to to put into practice mm. for, for many festivals actually. So I just put this idea aside for a while until uh, Julia contacted me and telling me this exhibition <laughs> working in progress and uh, that, that's when I picked it up again and she said it has to be some liveness but documented liveness so mm -hmm. so it took me a while to figure out how how to document this liveness uh, from a very different perspective uh, compared to what I gave to Spiel Festival for instance and uh, at the beginning uh, she she was asking me why you want to put the performance online I said at the end of 2020 as, as a joke basically <laughs> because <laughs> I was not sure if I can survive until then, so I was great <laughs> cashing and you never know. Probably I will be dead already, so I don't have to do it. Yeah. And uh, actually, it's as a joke, and I want yeah. to see if I can be a survival if I can reach the mm. the final line. And uh, uh, I was also thinking there must be big news at the end of the year, so just hold and see what's gonna happen. And uh, Apparently, the government didn't <laughs> disappoint me. They gave loads of negative news. Every the, day, another news. Every day, <laughs> and then it's a Brexit deal. Yeah, and all the, all the bad news, basically. So mm. in December, I feel I was slow, swallowing down a lot of news. And uh, mm. in the end, it became this uh, like seven episode of non-paster, which was so different from what I wanted to do before, mm. to have strangers fingers in my mouth, putting secret messages that I couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, you have a breakfast. <laughs> breakfast show but which was um, very interesting to watch it at the end of the year i must say we were just also talking about like uh, watching you and then giving very insightful information and also your observation throughout the year about your life uh, is actually much more accurate than watching the news or <laughs> government <laughs> breaking news actually which is like giving you nothing um 
So it was also kind of interesting to see and then throughout the months uh, what you were thinking and what, what type of relations you have with food and space and yourself just change. Yeah, I have like a slightly different theme for each day. So I'm putting a small card and uh, that was a Christmas card I got from last year. So it's... Yeah, so so instead of throwing them away, I just put uh, no to myself. Okay. Otherwise, I could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And also, I usually drink when I work, like as my friends mm-hmm. know, like I drink there before I work. So yeah. I have to give myself a, a note so I... Mm-hmm. So I don't just go everywhere. And the, the, the theme, I have to say, it, it, uh, it evolved during the process. Mm-hmm. I didn't come up with the idea, oh, I'm going to talk about seven themes and how to, mm-hmm. you know, how to create the world in seven days. It's, it's, not, it's not like that. It's just mm-hmm. after each day, I was thinking, oh, what I haven't talked about. And then just different topics evolve, like what I did for my first job, for instance, and my changing relationship with my parents this year, and also like my, my interest in Mark Ban, for instance, <laughs> and also karaoke and all these uh, different elements start to, to come together throughout the seven days as a surprise to myself as well. <laughs> no, you can see that though. It was just very um, genuine as well it was like sneak peek kind of a <laughs> experience to watch that and also the first i think the first day after the first day i was really thinking about the movie la grande buffet it's like one of my favorite movies actually and then on the sixth oh, like day, a home buffet <laughs> great yes on the sixth day you just refer it and i was like this is completed this is such a yeah because you just come up with also like you were um while you're watching you of course like we all um come up with um our uh, relation kind of with food and process <laughs> during especially during COVID-19 when you mentioned for example like how your relationship with your family changed because your taste um, has declined taste yeah Mm. interesting as well and yeah uh it it was interesting because at the beginning because the the decline of taste has nothing to do with uh, with covid so i i was a blame for being too being mental and being too sensitive and my mom kept on saying you know it was it was pandemic in beijing it was quite severe in january and everything Mm. i told about her is oh i couldn't taste much (laughs) she said put more salt (laughs) What's a big deal if that's the biggest problem yeah. for your life? And uh, over time, it just, uh, yeah. And it's also interesting because I still don't know if I got get COVID or not. I'm not yeah. privileged enough to get a free test. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to pay three 200 pounds yeah, to know course. what happened uh, yeah. 10, nine months ago. So I, I still mm-hmm. don't know. So this kind of uncertainty mm-hmm. become kind of a puzzle mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in, in my life. Like whenever I talk to people, they seem to be, you know, for people who are very sensitive about this, this COVID thing, they will like, step <laughs> back a little bit mm-hmm. when I met people in person in, in late summertime. But on the other hand, it's not confirmed. So, so I think it's kind of interesting. This is this uncertainty of uh, what happened to me and this uh, history, like a much bigger history involved. And mm-hmm. also I, I don't actually associate the decline of taste uh, 100% with the COVID because yeah. I also say in one episode, it's a quite slow process because yeah. I live out of suitcase for about five years and I eat whatever I get. So I guess that's a quite uh, subtle and uh, a slow process throughout the time and it's part of the immigrants uh, life experience as mm-hmm. well you i think i don't remember which episode was mm. it, but you were just saying like because you wanted to have just instant noodles 
uh, he just wanted to buy them in the corner shop and then on these that they were a bit disappointing as like this Christmas <laughs> menu of it. Yeah, that also started as a joke when I talked yeah. with the curator Julia. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have just instant noodles just to be as pathetic as I can <laughs> while everybody's having you know cheese or whatever they can prepare, and I just have this <laughs> instant noodles for for seven days as if that's all I get.、Mm-hmm. And also, I'm interested in the idea of instant noodle, not because I grew up with. <laughs> Of packages of instant noodles, but also because of the history of it, because、mm-hmm. it was invented like in、uh, late nineteen fifties during the、uh, apocalyptic post-war time in Japan. So there's a guy who invented this,、uh, firstly as a luxury, but then、mm-hmm. was big, yeah, like big manufactured in late nineteen fifties. And the cup noodles、uh, was invented, I believe, in early nineteen seventies. So, so for me, like instant noodle always has this、uh, association with apocalyptic time and the shortage of food, which was everything about supermarket <laughs> in December, <laughs> especially in Louisiana. You know, there's like life drama cases、yeah. in <laughs> in Lidl's or or、yeah. Iceland supermarket. So that's everything I was oh. Witnessing in throughout the year, actually, but in December it just got worse. And I was thinking, yeah, the instant noodle might be a kind of nice metaf- metaphor to carry this idea of post-war time, which reflects、yeah. the Brexit deal and、yeah. everything we are experiencing at the moment.、Mm. All these like new information also collapsing upon them that they were just a lot of like Brexit-related news with yeah like, shortage of yeah, this,、exactly. shortage of that, and <laughs> what's gonna be in the future? Exactly. <laughs> And how is your?、Um, because I was on, also wondering, how is your、um, past relation with the with the food? Because you said you were food critic once. Also-、uh, so I have to say, before I was, I was very picky about food. Like I got married pretty early, like <laughs> in my early ages. So then I got divorced a few years later. But at that time, I was doing nothing except being a housewife and part-time food critic in a small fishing town in the southeast part of. China, so so everything I do just experiments with cooking and different、mm. skills, different food materials, especially seafood. So so in one episode, I talk about this sea cucumber, which might look <laughs> pretty exotic, exotic for for many people. But that that's how I hook hook up with very special、mm. type of food because I just had nothing to do. I just finished my undergraduate. I moved、mm. far away from my parents in you know and friends in in metropolitan cities. And I was just doing food every day. That's a that that's a time which which seemed to be so unrealistic for me now. And、mm-hmm. even to talking about this、uh, idea of a loss of taste as a food critic is is kind of interesting for me because this year, like I I I think I wrote a very small <laughs> artistic description, like、yeah. like travelers who do not travel and、yeah. food, food critic who do not have food or who <laughs> dreamers who can't not remember their dreams and、yeah. PhD who cannot write. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling of <laughs> getting <Thank> stuck is <laughs> <laughs> is、uh, everything I have experienced. So I don't see myself、yeah. just merely as a PhD, but also like dreamers, travelers, food yeah. critic, yeah. which all become quite surrealistic this year.、Mm-hmm. The, I think the process of the performance just really evolved also within the days. So there's like a time that you also、uh, pre- present yourself as a show presenter and having a breakfast. So they're all, you're also like inviting audience to have something with you. And then when I think on the fourth day, when you just、um, mentioned bang, 
Uh, yeah, the fifth day, the yes, mukbang, like exactly. the eating show. <laughs> that was, I think I was waiting for it because when you like, try to say like, oh, I'm having breakfast, like please just have breakfast with me. So I thought like that's just what actually this fetish just brought into yeah. our daily lives, which I also really enjoy watching them as well. But also like whenever I watch, of course, while I was watching your performance, I got really hungry as well. So I was also thinking about what I'm going to eat now, what I should cook now. So there's like a very interactive part of the performance as well which um probably you also intended yeah and i was also thinking that probably this year the mukbang videos or mm. eating show video become more popular because people spend time on their own and uh, at one point you probably feel there's no reason to eat <laughs> and to cook for yourself like day after day three times a day just to yeah. keep alive so i so i was thinking yeah to make something that's similar to mukbang but also talking about politics and, and my personal yeah. experience in relation to politics during breakfast show because I uh, believe or not like I, I couldn't get up <laughs> at nine yeah. o'clock to prepare for this if I'm not doing the show so mm. I feel it, it might be nice for people to have a reason just to <laughs> prepare their breakfast and have have some like intimate time together and also for me breakfast is always uh, quite different from from lunch or dinner once more formal, it's more socializing, but breakfast can be quite intimate, quite personal, which you would not really invite a stranger to have for the first time <laughs> to yeah. meet at breakfast time. So I was thinking just doing the opposite and to meet people the first time during breakfast. Mm. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think for me, it's like the opposite. That's oh, <laughs> breakfast is more socializing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I know very much like breakfast oriented community. We're just like, they're mm. always like a huge kind of a breakfast um, uh, table. And then you just have like a chat with a lot of people. And then there are lots of different food that you can, but then th throughout the day, maybe like lunch is more personal. I, I don't know, of course, like it's different to generalize them, but this mm. was just like also very uh, naturally um, I felt connected because I was just like looking for someone else to also have breakfast with, which is kind of <laughs> difficult nowadays because you either, um, yeah, either with online communities or with whoever you're living with that you're kind of like have two options to have, <laughs> have shared these food experiences with it. But, yeah. um, but we are like at the moment we are very much thinking about this this food rituals and cooking rituals and how they're mm. in relation with contemporary especially performance art so i think in general what what you grasped and what you were trying to do was for me very interesting but also very layered because i tend to search and then call other people and then um trying to just maybe remember the movies or the books that i read so it's like almost like this 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 very like a flow conversation you had with yourself but you share it with us, uh, us as well. I found it also very, um, very political and critical, but intimate and personal as well. So I was just going to ask you if this was challenging or difficult than the other performances you had. Like from her previous performance, really in nightclub settings, when I was pretty drunk and everybody was drunk, <laughs> so we had some fun times that you completely forgot what happened the other day. So it was always a bit. Yeah, crazy and temporal at the same time. Yeah. But this time, like, I have to look back and <laughs> thinking about what I was talking about, especially at the beginning of the day rather than the end of the day mm. when I usually associate with other human beings. So that's that's a di that's a very different experience, and also it feels quite strange to talk to yourself 
constantly mm. <laughs> pretending there are loads of people watching you at the at the same time. So at one point, like, I was saying that I, I feel like a mental <laughs> person just talking to myself, which which is fine for lockdown time, and I did quite often as well. But to broadcast how mental I am is mm. <laughs> at the beginning of the day, and especially at the end of 2020, <laughs> it's, it's a bit ridiculous. So uh, I have to get lots of drinks to carry on. <laughs> Yeah, talking and oh. pretending because before I always try to uh, change my performance th- uh, throughout the whole show depending mm-hmm. on how people react so I don't always carry on with a script plan and now I don't have any feedback so <laughs> it's just adjusting according to how I feel at that moment hope everyone uh, can uh, watch it but um, meanwhile I, I will of course share mm-hmm. the details but if I think the exhibition goes on until the 15th of January. So if anyone yeah. can just like enter the website and then go to the events and then, then you, you can find a non-taster and then the full week of seven days, you can find the documentation and please, please watch it. Thank you for recommending. <laughs> My pleasure. And, and I, of course, I want to just talk about the movie as well, the La Grande Buffet, yes. why you mentioned it. But, um, because there are also like lots of performances, but also movies came to my mind while watching it. And this was one of, I wanted to ask you what you think about the movie and why you refer it. Oh, yeah, because I, I, like, I, I didn't have a Netflix account. I didn't watch TV. <laughs> and this whole pandemic time, it's, uh, you have no show to see and to keep sanity mm. <laughs> i just have to watch something and you know keep keep, keep me yeah. some, some something to think about so mm. so i start binge watching uh, like killing eve for for instance or <laughs> flea bags and <laughs> all this kill joy <laughs> and i start filling my time with podcasts because i i i didn't listen to podcasts before believe or not i was just doing very limited <laughs> type of activities i prefer but now i'm just listening to podcasts about uh, elisa Bastet, like interviewing Phoebe for the for their first episode for the how to fail with Elizabeth's day and they were talking about the making of Fleabag and Killing Eve so they mm-hmm. all kind of putting together nicely and also for the Gahan Buffet you mentioned like I watched it when I was like 15 or 16 but it never feels so relevant to my own life yeah. in, in 2020 also Anatomy of Hell the one that they, they, they use coupon to make tea and I was thinking about all the films uh, using tampon <laughs> as a tea bag yeah. and, and to talk about some like feminist issues as well so, so that's all uh, the, the, the films I watched in my, in my early 20s or even mm-hmm. earlier in high school and I start picking them again and uh, feel the different connections with, with mm-hmm. these films I still watch about one film a day at least for now so yeah yes. so the <laughs> archive or is it uh it's it's just different subscriptions mm. so i have subscription to yeah. mubi and uh, yeah. whatever they recommend i'll give it a go and also i watch a few on amazon as well but i don't like netflix <laughs> i yeah. saw very yeah. few interesting things here some document documentations are pretty good but yeah. tv shows I, i'm not so sure <laughs> like a ritual in the mm. evening time to end the day with a film and you're like oh i, I saw i saw a show today at least <laughs> mm. yeah 
it is also like interesting because I know it's like a bit cliche to say it, but since we're just like have more time, um, I was just like also going back to the um, some videos and the movies that we watched in earlier years, and when you yeah. watch them again or rewatch them during this time, it's just like they have completely different meanings. And I think La Grande Bouffe, it's one of the one of the <laughs> ones that I was I just watched it before COVID though. It's incredible. I just moved on. <laughs> and that was like the first movie I saw in ICA. And then COVID happened, yeah. and then I'm like, this is a sign. <laughs> this is basically <laughs> such an incredible movie. But also, like, all these movies that we basically were binge-watching was just like, um, you. I would never do that if I would just, like, work all day and I was just, like, running around. I would never sit down and we had that kind of a, a focus because reading was quite challenging for me. And I was going to mm-hmm. ask you as well, like, during this time, for example, was it difficult for you to focus on on certain things some people couldn't read probably some people couldn't remember their dreams and some co- people couldn't even focus on the digital communities for some of my friends for example it was really difficult to have zoom calls and they really hated it and everything a bit like shifted and changed uh, their meaning so how was it for you in general what was more challenging and what was more yeah i felt quite similar actually i i i'm not i still <laughs> don't like zoom calls that that mm-hmm. much so and you can see like i i can't do zoom call without you know, clean up the living room and <laughs> putting on some makeups, putting on a new sweater. It's, it's just me. Like, I, I still don't know how to show my living room and show my face in a, in a Zoom setting, even mm-hmm. after a whole year of using, using Zoom. And there are lots of Zoom parties I try to engage, but on the other hand, I feel quite distanced as well. So unless you're pretty drunk, otherwise it feels even more lonely. And if everything is easier. <laughs> Yeah, yes, e- exactly. So so I, I do feel the same, like very similar difficulties of engaging with these digital <laughs> communities online. And uh, and also there's a quite a lot of changes for me in 2020. So I mentioned like I started with uh, like antidepressants, sleeping pills, and a lot of other <laughs> subscriptions at the beginning of 2020. I got two months of sick leave from my uni. And I remember on April the first, the full stay, the school just told me, since the, the whole country is locked up, why don't you take more time to, to rest? So it's like a sick leave after sick leave until the whole world becomes sick. It's a yes, special experience for me just to take a, taking a break a few months before everybody else yeah. has to do the same thing. And also my uh, partner, got redundant. He worked in theater for about 20 years. So like many people working in arts and theater, he, he lost yeah. his job. So I was trying to put him back on track and applying for fundings and education, you know, yeah. like a student loan thing for about two months when I completely could not focus on my PhD work. So I, I didn't talk to anybody for about two months during that time because it was so many applications to do and uh, just to keep, you know, keep a head above the water and not to move to a different place during the COVID time was, mm-hmm. was my main goal. So, so I was, yes, just trying to survive for a couple of months as well when I was away from digital communities. Mm-hmm. And when I come back, it just looks so weird mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time. I think that's why also it was quite refreshing for for all, all of us to take part in the WIP exhibition because we were also talking yeah. about it and and I think everybody had like second thoughts about the online exhibition and what would be the future of performance <laughs> live art what we're going to do now <laughs> and everybody has like big question marks but then 
it just like felt really nice to just um we can present something or we can talk about things that are not finished or meant to not finish or maybe they're in progress yeah. all the time and and of course everybody had like completely different ideas and way of presenting them which was also fascinating because i think in the exhibition like you would see like a lot of artists they they also have like finished work but in a context of the the, the work is never finished or work is still in in the flux and and very happy to to meet your practice and your work through this exhibition and i hope um we can see more of this uh, no pressure of course <laughs> <laughs> i can do an annual review like every exactly, year exactly. see every, if i'm surviving this whole year, year. We, can just, we can just connect your room and then you can just like summarize the year and <laughs> while having breakfast <laughs> exactly while having breakfast yeah and also i think it's so important that you say some people keep on making a like, different type of work and we're all thinking about what kind of online performance would be what's the potential to use a uh, zoom not just for <laughs> conference and talks but yeah. also for performance wise and also i think this year is quite special for me because uh, quite a few uh, big figures in life art just stepped out like Louis Caden for life art demand agency and the Robert mm. City for Spiel Festival they decided to to just step out and leave this mm. important position in life art for for somebody else mm. so so it, I think it's kind of the end of something and also mm. definitely the beginning of something new because all the legendary <laughs> have yeah. finished their work basically yeah, before yeah. 2020 so what the life art would be like you just said and uh, what lifeness means in this new new era would be mm. something that we have to experience a little bit more mm -hmm. i think all of us trying to just like somehow stay connected because i was also wondering what other people were doing but not like mm. watching performances 24 7 but i imagine myself just finish work and then i would go to watch a performance somewhere like an unknown space and i would just meet people there so how i can transform experience to now which is completely difficult but but we still try to so i think that aspect was really nice that for example even with this exhibition i just send it to all of my friends all around the world and then they were just like giving me feedbacks which usually that's the case that you would only i don't know maybe share something or you have to With be there close it's like a complete yeah, yeah it's not maybe just pros and cons or it's not like black and white mm -hmm. it's a different different experience that i never had it before so we're still like trying to understand it probably like what's going to happen or what's coming or what change and so what how is your um New Year's resolution looking. You said you <laughs> New resolutions. I would love to hear them. Yeah, share my New Year resolution in the, in the last episode. So exactly. I try to have less screen time. I try to exercise more like everybody else probably. Mm. And uh, yeah, also try to uh, like you said, stay connected with, with friends, probably not in Louisian, not in my neighborhood, but also with, with other friends and, and try to think beyond what I have at the moment mm -hmm. because uh, I'm in my last year of PhD and everything I was told from my tutors or, you know, friends to put a pause on your life. I think at the moment, everybody's life has been put on a pause. Mm -hmm. So I had to do it in a slightly yeah, different way. So I was hoping uh, this year I would... Uh, I'll learn some new skills. I just bought five juggling balls last night. <laughs> I know I, I tend to go everywhere, <laughs> but I, I bought five 
leather juggling balls, like 120 grand each. And uh, I will start from three. And uh, hopefully I will manage five. <laughs> That's the new skills. I learned hula hooping last year, so I could hula hoop nonstop. Like if I'm paid, I can do 24-7 and <laughs> hula hooping. That's, that's and this year struggling. You can do it indoors as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a living room. It's kind of okay. It's just big enough for, for one hula hoop. So <laughs> I'm trying to learn more circus skills, if you ask. <laughs> in 2021 and to, to yeah. stay fit in that way rather than just talking <laughs> and doing something more healthy because I just don't think I fit in that type it's just I don't do exercise often and uh, mm. I'm not just kind of gymnastic person who have a gym <laughs> subscription so for me I have to do something more ridiculous yeah. and more fun but still keep me not just sitting in front of laptop mm. all the time so juggling is definitely one of my <laughs> new year resolutions on top of the list as well I love that. <laughs> Sounds very exciting as well, and that's really good. That at least we we know that's that's. I when yeah. I was watching, I also felt really like connected with that statement as well. I really don't do exercise, but because because of what what we were doing, because of our jobs, we were just running around every yeah, day. Yeah. You don't count your steps every second. Exactly. <laughs> You're just like, so tired at the end of the day. You don't even want to exercise, and now it's just like that's taken, and then you're sitting. Of course, like you just. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, I said, I gained 10 kilos and it's, uh, I learned from hard way that for people who work in art theater, mm. uh, if you don't do something different, <laughs> like you, you, you learn the result quite quickly. The way we live is not really customized to, to the lockdown time. And mm. some people can work remotely, working from home, taking care of kids and, mm. you know, having more family time. Like nothing of this make any sense to me. So, yeah, no, yeah. no. Um, yeah. I'm writing a quite short uh, journal article for excursions it's oh. uh, like a Sussex journal so it's just rule of peer review at the moment but hopefully okay. it will be <laughs> passed at some point and definitely I would like to to share it then from Please another do. perspective yeah yes we can definitely share it and I will also share your website and if you have any upcoming events or performances we will definitely follow you but it's been a pleasure <laughs> thank you so much for getting us through Christmas and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to meet you at the beginning of 2021 as survivors. <laughs> yes.